Hello and welcome to another edition of the Guardian ID podcast. This is Zach Martin, editor of Guardian ID magazine. Today we're speaking with Kalia Hamlin, better known to many as Identity Woman, about name wars and the ability to be who you want to be online. But before we dive in, first a word from our sponsor. Whether you are protecting a critical infrastructure or vital information, or securing a facility or border, you need to answer the same question. In the modern world of identities, how do you establish with absolute certainty that someone is who they claim to be? At CSC, we understand that the heart of identity management is the creation of trusted identities. For more information, go to csc.com slash identity management. CSC, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Google Plus has taken a stance that it wants members to use their real names. This has led to some issues. Kalia Hamlin is better known to many in the ID market as Identity Woman, and when she tried to use that moniker on Google Plus, the company suspended her account. The suspension is a sign of an ever-present issue online, the ability to be who you want to be depending on the situation, and in some cases, use an identity that may be better known to many. So I'm an independent um industry um, participant. I have uh, never worked formally for any large company in the space. Um, And my tagline is saving the world with user-centric digital identity. And I have now added wit and personal data uh, on top of that. Um, So my background and how I got into this was via um, actually the nonprofit sector looking at how to connect citizens who wanted to work together to make their neighborhoods better or induce, reduce environmental impact or do all sorts of things that have nothing to do with buying things or being an employee, about how digital identity, if they had uh, their own digital identities that sort of were autonomously theirs, that they could organize and, and make things better. And there's a paper, actually, that got me inspired to start in this field called the Augmented Social Network, Building Identity and Trust into the Next Generation Internet, and it was published in 2003. So that's where I come from. Uh, Today I run, along with Phil Winley and Doc Searles, the Internet Identity Workshop, which has been a hub of innovation and industry collaboration for a lot of the major web players and enterprise players who build identity standards and protocols and get millions of people to adopt them. So OWASP, uh, OpenID, XRD, Portable Contacts. Now there's a new, the latest protocol coming out of uh, the workshop is SKIM, Simple Cloud Identity Management Um, which is focused on how enterprises share employee, basically employee employee data around um, different um, software as a service applications. Uh, So, and then I've also been fairly involved with NSTIC, which is the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace, and... uh, looking at how you know, how can the highest ideals of what that document articulates um, actually 
happen and have citizen involvement. Um, so I'm doing lots of lots of cool industry stuff. Okay, great. And you know, I think NSTIC is kind of a, a good uh, segue into talking about name wars. You signed up for Google Plus as, please, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Kalia Identity Woman as, as your moniker. And then if you can kind of fill listeners in on what happened after that, that would be great. Sure. So I, um, well, I guess it starts when one, I chose to have a Gmail address and I chose to make my Gmail address identitywoman at Gmail and use it primarily for my professional work, so tracking blogs, subscribing to professional mailing lists. And I didn't move all my personal email over there. It was always, for me, going to be a professional persona use of the service. And I had... They had Google profiles that they started to make, and I decided that I was going to put a star as my last name. That's how I had my name display when I sent emails, was just Kalia and then a star. And then Google Plus came out, and they said, well, go to your profile and change it because we no longer allow symbols in names um, in Google Plus on your the headline of your profile. So change it. So I said, Okay, I'll do what I do in Twitter, and Twitter, my long-form name is Kalia-Identity-Woman, and so that's what I was going to go by. And then literally, like, the day the service moved from, like, alpha to beta, like, where it became more public, they um, they turned off my – they suspended me. And so I – they have this process where you put in links and you sort of try and say yes or you. They also were like, well, upload a photo of your government ID. And I'm like, no. <laughs> obviously, Kalia Identity Woman isn't, maybe or maybe not obviously, but it's not the name on my government ID. And I did have both my maiden name and my married name in the other names category that they have on the site. And they rejected me, and then I applied again, and they rejected me, and I applied again, and they rejected me. And then finally they started accepting mononyms, which is people who only have one name as their name. Mm -hmm. And originally I had been a mononym in the service, right? I was like Kalia Star, right? Uh, I was like, I'll try that. So I was Kalia, like, period. And um, then they rejected that too. And... You know, one of them, they're basically saying that you have to put your first and your last name as they appear on your official government documents, or as some people call this, your wallet name, the name that's on all your, your credit cards and the stuff that's in your wallet. It may or may not be what people actually call you in everyday life, and it may not be what people call you online, and it may not be a persona name that you have. And so, I don't know, it's very, um, that's what's going on with me is I was, I'm in suspension still. Uh, I cannot post. I can't plus one things. I can't speak um, in that public forum. One of the issues with online identities is being able to use a real identity in certain situations, a moniker in another, and lastly, be anonymous. This is what the national strategy is about. What do you think about the discussion around name wars and what's been in the press? 
Well, I think there there's many threads to this discussion. So there's one thread that is, why did Google do this? Mm-hmm. Um, the initial reasons put forward were, you know, goals I think many people who run online communities share. They don't want trolls and they don't want spammers. Right. Okay. Well, everybody who is advocating for the 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 right um, pursued anonymous users to use services agrees with that point. They don't want trolls and spammers either. And the answer to how you achieve that is through um, good community moderation and um, you know filtering tools. You know, you know, algorithmically kind of getting rid of spam and stuff. And along with, you know, people who who have and take care of and manage pseudonyms, many of them do so for, you know, have done so for 30 years if they were on the Internet in the early days before there was the web. They are actually a part of them, um, even though it's not necessarily linked to a quote-unquote real name. It's it's sort of like denying an, a piece of themselves to say they couldn't use the name of their pseudonym. So pseudonyms, and, and also if we had better portable persistent identity, we would be able to sort of build reputation that was across sites at least of like, oh, that pseudonym's been around for 10 years and isn't a spammer or a troll. Leave it alone, right. you know. We don't really have portable persistent identity. We just have people who keep using the same handle across, you know, all these different sites that they use, and that's sort of how we hack it together with these things called pseudonyms. Well, and there's no way for Google to know that somebody's not using a real identity unless it's something that's completely obvious. You know. Well, they... and then it's not even obvious, right? So, I mean, the case of Scud is very interesting. Um, so this is a woman who, you know, I know her in real life, and I call her Scud. So does everyone else. She was at a company that was acquired by Google and began to work at Google. And she, you know, a couple weeks into being a new Googler, convinced HR that she should have the email address scud at google.com. That was her employee email address even. So she um, listed her name as Carolee, quote-unquote, Scud Roberts as her name in her Google profile, and they banned her <laughs> because that wasn't her, her common name that she used in real life every day. Well, they knew full well it was a common name she used in real life every day because everybody around Google called her that when she worked there, right? Right. So, um, you know, I re- those kind of inconsistencies and um, you know are really glaring and and make them seem you know kind of irrational in in how they're pursuing this. And the way that they claim they can determine whether it's somebody's real name or not is by people scanning or taking photos of their driver's licenses and sending them in. And there's a great example of a guy who created a fake profile of himself, reported it from another fake profile, and then, like, sent in driver's license of, like, with photos photoshopped on of, like, known serial killers. 
like just some crazy whole story. And N Stick has, and, and actually, when you look at the work that FICAM is doing, which is the Federal Identity Credential and Access Management section of the Federal CIO Council, which is part of the inspiration for N Stick. None of what Google's doing actually would qualify any of those identities to be level two assurance anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you know, it doesn't make sense to, it, like, it, it isn't doing what it needs to do to be compliant with LOA2 according to what FICAM says it is for NSTIC. So it's not really clear exactly what Google's doing or why. Google announced that it was aiming for Plus to be an identity service. Exactly how they define this is up for grabs. What do you think about this? They're asking me to send in a driver's license photo, right? Right. So, but um, they're not asking every John Smith to do that either, right? Well, even <laughs> That's that, where all the spammers and trolls are hanging out. Well, and even if they do, even if you do send in your driver's license, what's you know what yeah, the yeah. other guy did, there's nothing to stop him from. You know, it's very easy to modify a driver's license that's scanned in, yeah. <laughs> in Photoshop. Cool. So, Clea, you say that main concern about Google Plus not allowing pseudonyms is a greater issue of people being able to speak how they want to speak and use the identity that they want to use. The the issue too is at least for me and at least for this set of Thesis is Google, in effect, is, you know, is it okay for a restaurant not to serve people of a particular ethnic group? No. We, we decided that as a society that that's not acceptable form of discrimination. Okay. So Google is a huge public forum that's shaping the future based on what people find in its search engines, based on what people are reading other people say in its forums like Google+, and to say that only people who reveal their real name linked to a real address can speak. I mean, when do we say that walking down the street in order to make a public statement, do you have to pull out your driver's license <laughs> and assert your identity? Right. We don't, right? This is nothing, you know, this is, this, for me, this is about this, the, the freedom to speak in a society, and there are many, many, many professions um, where people's real names are linked to their professional identity, and therefore they will not speak out politically or in their communities. And it could even be as simple as, like, somebody who is, you know, um, like the chair of a research department at a, at a university. Well, they want to get involved in local politics and make a statement one way or the other about a candidate. Not a huge thing, not a giant controversial issue, just something simple. But they still are like, for my job, it's inappropriate for me to have any political opinions. So if they want to speak out, they'd have to do it under a pseudonym. And I think we want that in a free society. We don't want all the teachers, all the doctors, all the lawyers, all the social workers, all the policemen, all the firefighters never to be able to speak out on you know, issues in their local communities when they feel like they shouldn't be political as part of their professional life. Do you think that Google is going to change its status? Do you think they're going to stick to their guns? Do you have any, you know, do you care to um, offer a prediction on what might be happening? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, the funny part is, is I, I know a lot of people at Google who work in identity, right? They all come to my conference. 
So, and our actually our conference logo is kind of fun, right? It's a laptop computer with a little dog in front of it with a human mask on. And it's allusion to the New Yorker cartoon right. on the internet, Nobody Knows Your Dog, right? And I think of that cartoon, you know, our logo as symbolizing the freedom to be who you want to be online. The the choice and the opportunity to be able to verify aspects or attributes about yourself when you want to, not the requirement to do that all the time like Google is insisting on. And also the ability to collect and sort of curate and manage the information about yourself that's available online, including your own personal data, um, in terms of collecting the data trail that you leave when you live your online and digital life. So, you know, I, I don't make any predictions about what Google will do. Um, they, I'm very, I'm surprised it's gone on this long. I thought it would be over in a week. I've been proactive in naming the gender issue that is in a piece of this, which is, and the demographic issue around who's making these kinds of decisions at Google, <laughs> which is Google's technical workforce, like all, almost all tech companies workforces is only about 20% women. That's just a function of the graduation rates into the industry from from universities, and um, the there a large a lot of the guys at Google are white and middle class. So you can actually read posts by Chris Messina and other young men who work in technology who chose thoughtfully to end their use of online handles and pseudonyms because they didn't need them anymore. They felt totally okay about linking all aspects of their lives across context. Now, this is a great choice if you want to make it. I'm totally for it. But to have that group of people then say, well, everybody else should just feel safe enough being able to do that because they're young, they're white, they're male, they live in the most um, you could argue the most liberal metropolitan region on the planet. Like, nobody cares what you do in your private life, and they'll still hire you at work, even if they can research it online. Then, great, but that's not the whole world. Lots right. of people have religious preferences that are outside the norms of their community that are perfectly good religions. But if you're a Buddhist, you know, in Kansas, uh, or, you know, uh, you could go the other way. You're a Christian in Dearborn, Michigan. I don't care. Not everybody's business. Clea, tell me about the upcoming conference you guys have planned. The 13th Internet Identity Workshop. It is an amazing event. Uh, we make the agenda live the day of the event. So um, – you can see ahead of time who's signed up to attend. You can see the topics they would like to talk about. You can see past agendas and sort of what what was talked about in the past. But we we literally sit in a circle and make the agenda up each morning. And we have two special days. The second day is NSTIC Day, so that's Wednesday the 19th. And the head of the National Program Office, Jeremy Grant, is going to be out along with some other folks um, and they're inviting technology um, 
people sort of in the tech tech side of of identity to attend and because they punted on hosting a technology workshop this fall and the second day or the third day is going to be um, focused on the business opportunity around people being in control of their own personal data in new data banking and data locker services and you can find us at InternetIdentityWorkshop.com. Clea, thanks for joining us today on this latest edition of the Guardian ID Podcast. 